with a desire to become a neurosurgeon, this 13-year-old girl, Harshita Ganga, currently volunteers at a hospital, works with assigned patients in a hospice facility, received a hero award for raising $55,000 for a favorite charity, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, 1,500 of which came from the sale of her book, Hidden Secrets. In addition, she plays tennis and competitively swims. She also plays the violin and the piano. Some of her hobbies include reading and painting. She participates in math and science competitions and loves reading, but especially loves math. Join me as I interview 13-year-old Harshita Ganga. Your business numbers told a different story, a story of compounding growth and accelerated profits. In my book, 12 Strategies for Profit Acceleration in Your Business, Embracing the Power of Compounding, I share 12 simple strategies to greater profits. This book walks you through a process designed to increase your leads, add revenue through higher conversion rates, and become more profitable by cutting costs using easy-to-implement, cost-effective strategies. All of these strategies can be done without an increase in your advertising or marketing budget. Grab your free copy of the book today by going to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y, forward slash 12 underscore strategies underscore ebook. That's bit.ly forward slash 12 underscore strategies underscore ebook hey everyone my name is Neetu Rishi I'm the CEO and founder at the success store and I, I love when students give gave me this name Neetu the navigator because I'm so passionate about working with these kids and it always surprises me when I see the immense potential in them. And today we are talking about Harshita Ganga. She is like super amazing. Um, I still remember the first day when we started our uh, program on authorship where she uh, showed her interest of writing a book. And I was supposed to navigate her on that journey. And then the question she asked was, kept me in thought. She said, okay, uh, how much money do I get if I'm selling the book? And then when I explained her the procedure, she said, um, I want to donate the money to the community, to maybe any of uh, a nonprofit organization. And I looked at her and I felt so proud that these young kids, they have so much of knowledge about it. They are aware about it which definitely shows that our youth has immense potential of changing the world. Harshita is one of the most brilliant child that I've come across, multi-talented. She has lots of feathers on in her hat and I hope she continues doing that. All the best Harshita for all your future endeavors.
Welcome back to Pursuing Profit with Principles. So glad to have you join us today, whenever today is for you, uh, that, that you will be able to enjoy today's show, that uh, you will have a good time with us, with my guest and I today. I have a wonderful guest today. This Today's episode is part of our series on exceptional students. And my guest today is Harshita Ganga. Harshita is 13 years old. We're going to hear all about her in just a moment. But welcome to the show, Harshita. Hi. Hi. So let me tell you just a little bit about Harshita. She is 13 years old. She's going to be a sophomore in high school this year. She plays tennis. She competitively swims. She plays the violin and the piano. And some of her hobbies include reading and painting. She is a volunteer uh, at a hospital. She works with a patient in hospice there. She is um, a fundraiser, and we're going to hear more about that a little bit later, how she has raised funds for her favorite charities and, and what that's uh, who they are and how she's gone about that. She loves math. And when she was younger, she hated reading, but that has now turned into something completely different. So again, welcome to the show, Harshita. We want folks to learn all about you today. So let's just talk a little bit about you to start with. I know in your bio, you talk about how when you were young, uh, you really hated, you were so into math, you hated reading. And yeah. tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about that being so into math because you've done some amazing things there, and then we'll talk a little bit about the reading piece as well. But let's start with the math. I guess math is more of a structure. There's an equation. You solve it. It's always the same. And I guess I liked that when I was younger. Predictable. Mm-hmm. Would you say yes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, and. Reading, on the other hand, it just didn't seem like a good way to spend time. It was not something that I would want to do. But then I had to read books for school. So, yeah, because we were graded on reading logs and stuff like that. And in third grade, I had this teacher, the set of teachers, and they pushed me to read a lot more and I think as I got more reading and reading more books I grew into it and I started liking it more as I was introduced to different books awesome and at this point now I just read like all fantasy books as much (laughs) as I can (laughs) fantasy books okay yeah So what we haven't told the audience is that you are an author yourself. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about the book that you wrote. How old were you when you wrote that? And and a little bit about that book. I actually did start writing like last year. I was 13. Yeah, still 13. (laughs) And my book is called Hidden Secrets. And basically, the main idea was to talk about bullying. But the story encompasses a main character who has a secret that she doesn't want to get out. And the secret is that her brother has autism and she's afraid that she will be bullied for that. So nobody knows. And then in the end, someone finds out and tells everyone. 
So now she has to deal with that. That's the uh, plot. Wow. Wow. So, so you, you um, published that when, when did that come out? December of 2021. Of 2021. And you're working on your second book now. Is that right? Or I have an idea and I hope to get it out soon. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> How long did it take you to write the first one? It was very short for a book, shorter than I wanted to write it as, but I finished it. I started in August and finished it in December. So I think four months. Yeah, Yeah. that's really good. You know, there are many of us who've been working years on books. Uh, My first book. (laughs) Oh, I probably it probably took me two years to get my first book out there. And, and I have another book that, uh, I mean, I have some business books out in addition to that first one, but then I, um, I have a a book on grief that I'm writing that I just seem to be dragging my feet on. So we may have to have you give us all pointers on how to stop dragging our feet on getting our books done. (laughs) So what do you attribute to that to that you were able to get in there? You had an idea, you were able to get the book written and get it published. What do you attribute that to, to being able to get that done in four months? I think through my first book, I just had to persevere. There were certain times where I really didn't want to continue the book. I was like, this isn't going to go anywhere. But I wanted to get a book and I wanted to write the book and publish it. So that was the part that kept me going through and keeping on writing. Very good. Now, in addition to writing your own books, you also have uh, some a peer-reviewed publication on autism and genetic and environmental factors. Tell us about that. That's a yeah. far cry from a fantasy book, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, you might have mentioned this in my bio, but I'm also very interested in science and I want to become a neurosurgeon when I'm older. So to help me on this journey, I was paired up with a mentor and she helped me read a lot of scientific papers. And my my publication was basically a review paper, which encompasses all the review papers that I've read and I have to draw conclusions and I have to summarize all the data. Very good. So I went through the different genetic causes and the environmental causes that have been linked to autism and then compiled them. Wow. How was that as a learning process for you? It was something completely new to me. And before then, I hardly knew that scientific papers even existed. So starting to read those was also um, a great experience because it was something I've never seen before. And then writing it was a whole nother part of it. It was very different than what I thought it would be like. The wording had to be so precise. Um, And since it was peer reviewed, it required a lot more accuracy. Right. Yeah, because all the professors also looked at it to see if it was good enough for the the, um, company, uh, International Journal of High School Research. Yeah. Very good. Now, you also um, have done some fundraising. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that. So starting in 
the end of 2021 and going through like March or April of um, 2022, I did a leukemia and lymphoma fundraiser. It's called the Student of the Year campaign. Okay. So a team of three students, um, including me, we were raising funds for pediatric research in Leukemia mm-hmm. and Lymphoma Society. So we were doing it in honor of a fellow Mason Comet, Maya, who passed away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we raised $50,000 um, to do a research study in Maya's name. And I think the part that you wanted to talk about the book is connected to the fundraiser. Yes, let's talk about that. Yeah, so my book sales, since they were around the same time period, right? Because the book was published around when we started planning for the fundraiser. So all the book sales I decided to contribute to our fundraiser. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then throughout our fundraiser, we also had different events that we wanted to do. We had a 5K and then we had several biryani nights where we distributed food and things like that. So those things contributed as well as the book sales. Yeah. Very good. Um, So through the book, you were able to raise $1,500 for them, right? Mm -hmm. And then the rest came from the other activities that you did. Folks, that yeah. is incredible to for for anyone, uh, let alone a thirteen year old, to raise fifty thousand dollars for their favorite charity. Amazing. Now you also uh, do some volunteer work at a hospital. Tell us a little bit about that. What got you into that? What is it you like about doing that? So in the hospital, I mainly get to walk around, help nurses with duties. And I'm not allowed to go into like patients or anything yet because of HIPAA. Right. But what I like most is I get to experience most of what a nurse would be able to do right. in the department that I'm working in, which is the ER. So it's really cool to see what I would want to do in the future being at, and I get to actually experience it. Fantastic. And and didn't you also say that you're working uh, in hospice as well? Yeah, I'm working in hospice care and I go to a patient. I spend a couple hours with them doing something that they might like to do that they've done in their childhood. And it helps long term patients. It helps them with their memory, just yeah. gets them a bit more active when I'm right. there. So fantastic. My mother was in hospice care for a while. So, you know, having had a relative there, I can really appreciate the kind of service that you're offering there. Talk to us about math. We talked about math a little bit earlier, but you also are continuing to do some major things in the math arena uh, with your math education and, and so forth. Talk to us a little bit about that, what you're doing there. Um. Math competitions just have been a major part of my life. I don't think they've ever gone away or ever will. Yeah. But um, I started little with when I was little with NSF competitions, North South Foundation. Right. And basically they were just tests. You take a test at regionals and then take a test at nationals. But I think nationals was the part that really changed my life because 
I met lots of cool people. Um, there's this person called Richard Rezik. Um, he owns Art of Problem Solving, which is a website. And that website actually like kicked off my math career. It has amazing resources, classes, problems that you can work on. And through that, I later went on to other bigger competitions like math counts and math counts is for a sixth or eighth grader. So I've all like I been a part of math counts for all three years in sixth grade. I made it to states seventh grade, same idea. And then eighth grade, I was actually able to make it to nationals. Oh, nice. um, yeah. And that was also a great experience for me. I think MathCon's Nationals also motivated me to keep going in math. Right. Yeah. Very good. So do you still enjoy it every bit as much as you did when you were a child? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Or has that love grown even more? It definitely has grown over the years. Yeah. So as a very busy young lady with school, with writing, with Uh, music and sports wow (laughs) how do you juggle all of that I think it's just time management I have to set aside I'm gonna do this today or for homework I'm gonna make a list of what I want to do and try to get as much done on the first day as possible and slowly spread out the rest before it's due before it's due. So you're working towards deadline. So you have your deadline and then you work backwards from that as to how much time you need to put into it and mm-hmm. then schedule that in. Excellent. In all the things that you've that you've done, do you feel like you've had that you've had to make a trade-off of playing versus you know something else? Do you do you feel like you you've missed out on anything or do you feel like your life is richer for all the things that you've done? I mean, there's always certain things that I won't be able to do, whether it's because I'm not interested in it or things like that, because I just haven't done it and I wasn't introduced to it. But I don't think I regret anything, if that's what you're asking. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Now, I know that you also have at least one coach and you mentioned a mentor earlier. What has been the value of having mentors and coaches in your life? The biggest value of a coach or mentor is always guiding me to do what I need to do, always telling me where I need to go and what might help me, what in sports would be like, what skills I need, what I need to work on, what I'm doing good at and need to continue, things like that, that might, might not always be clear to the student. Right, right. How many coaches have you had? Um, in tennis, I had one coach for a long time, and then there was this period where I didn't really have one coach, and then now I'm working with my third coach, I Very guess. Good. Yeah, third. Very good. Well, Miss Nitu Rishi, one of your coaches, is actually going to be making a little video that we're going to insert into this interview of her work with you. Uh, so we get the coach's perspective as well. So if you could share one thing or say one thing to other youth 
that might inspire them to do more, to to be more, not necessarily do more, but to be more. What would you say to them? Do whatever you love and make sure you pursue your passionate, go as far as you possibly can, change that entire field and you can do it. You have the potential in you. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly endorse that. That is very good advice. Is there anything else, Rashida, that you would like for our listeners to know about you or or about anything that you're involved in? Not that you can think of. All right. No. <laughs> okay. Well, it has been my pleasure to have you here today and to visit with you. You're doing amazing things in the world. I cannot imagine by the time you're 25 or 30 what you're going to have accomplished. <laughs> so keep it up, keep going, and know that you are making a difference, right? And that's what it's all about, right? Making a difference. Yeah. We're hope I'm hoping that at some point we can have um, all of your students back in and maybe even have a panel of students so that we bring several of you together and and have a discussion with you. So um, so we'll we'll stay in touch and and I look forward to hearing more about the great progress that you are making. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Harshita. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us, folks. Um, if you are enjoying these episodes, then please uh, subscribe to our channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it on whatever platform you're listening on. And we hope that you'll come back frequently to Pursuing Profit with Principles. Bye for now. today. As you can see, all entrepreneurs experience challenges in business. It's my experience, however, that with every challenge we solve, we create a new challenge. So let me ask you, what's the biggest challenge in your business? Are you generating the profit that you desire? Do you know what systems you need in order to create more efficiency and profit in your business? Are you monetizing your P&L statement? Or do you even know how to do that? Are you tired of working 60 plus hours a week and not seeing the returns or seeing your family? Or are your relationships suffering because of this and the stress that you're experiencing? If this is you, I'd like to invite you to consider applying to participate in my Business Superheroes Mastermind program. This mastermind is for entrepreneurs who already have an established business generating consistent sales and are providing value to their clients. However, they're missing out on sufficient profit and time to live life on their own terms. As a result, their relationships are also suffering. They're looking for a more integrated lifestyle, as defined by Dave Rule in Done by Noon, knowing that work and life will never be balanced 50-50. As entrepreneurs, we know there will always be overlaps, but we can look at it from a holistic, more well-rounded approach to work and life. So this mastermind is not for you if you're too busy or broke to invest in leverage for your business. 
or if you want to figure it out on your own again and you're not committed to reclaiming the most important relationships in your life. It is for you if you're done reinventing the wheel and doing it the hard way. You understand that speed and ease equals income and you want to increase the speed of your income and profit. And you want to add leverage into your business and be able to cultivate, strengthen, and renew great relationships in your life. If that's you, then complete my mastermind application. Secure an appointment with me by making a refundable $1,000 deposit and then scheduling a call to discuss whether or not you're a good fit for this mastermind. The link is bit.ly, that's bit.ly, forward slash mastermind qualifying. That's bit.ly forward slash mastermind qualifying. This will be a no pressure call. We'll simply visit to assess whether or not this mastermind is the right tool for you at this time and take a quick look at the potential in your business. If it's a fit, great, we'll get you signed up. If it's not, we'll refund your deposit. So complete the application today and I look forward to visiting with you soon.